the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back. Delighted to have on the show. Boy, did the times require him. I am so glad. If he weren't there, we'd have to invent him. He's Congressman Andy Biggs, representing Arizona's 5th Congressional District Chairman of the Freedom Caucus. Andy, uh, thank you for being there. Thank you for being here. And my pleasure, Seth. Thanks for having me. Thanks for getting the truth out there every day. Appreciate that. Well, you know, Andy, this this is the easy stuff. I'll tell you, I feel badly for the people showing up at um, school board meetings. I, 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 I'm just I am incensed by this, and my source is worn out trying to figure out what the term is for what we're watching now. But the general intimidation and chilling effect that this administration is engaging the American people in, in violation not only of the First Amendment, all reason, it's it's increasing at a very rapid speed, Andy. I, I, I don't know how you sleep at night, quite frankly. Well, very fitfully. Like Woody Allen said, the lamb will sleep with the lion, but just not so easily. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> what, 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 what you're seeing, and you're exactly right on this, is this move to, and again, it gets back to what I've been saying uh, for quite some time. This is a move to fascism, yeah. a, a, a proto-fascist form of government, which a lot of people think that, that that's, that's uh, you know, based on um, uh, an anti-racial or anti-stereotype uh, thought. It's not. What, it is, what a fascist is, is this person is going to control your life um, without necessarily controlling the ownership of property, but they're going to tell you how you can use your property. You get to keep it, ostensibly. You could uh, whatever, but that's what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And in order to in- effectuate that, um, this is this does become like the communist state where um, there's it's a surveillance state. So, so um, they're using the the national. A teacher, a school teachers union mm-hmm. has asked for that they use the Patriot Act, which is supposed to be used for for um, anti, you know non-American terrorists. Yeah. Um, but but this is why people like myself um, several years ago voted to eliminate. I, I voted against the reauthorization of the Patriot Act because it could always be used, and we have now found out through the inspectors general and other reports. It has been abused repeatedly, and that's what's going on here. And uh, don't forget that all through the COVID thing, you got people like California's governor saying, hey, yeah, you know, uh, you should t- rat out your friends if they're not uh, wearing their masks and not, you know, whatever. Uh, that's what fascists, that's what authoritarians, that's what dictators and tyrants do. Um, they turn people against each other and uh, make them weapons of the state. Yeah, I, I, I think you combine that with the Merrick Garland memo uh, about mm. about people showing up. You know, it's interesting. It's important, I think, that we actually think about what it's directed at. Why are parents showing up at school board meetings in, in record numbers? It's really over two things, isn't it? It's about critical race theory, and it's about social and mental health of their students, isn't it? It's about the curriculum and the social and mental health of their children. 
two things you really have should have a right, really the two only reasons you should <laughs> you should be involved in the school board, and they are taking that away from the parents with this chilling effect, this 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 chilling FBI threat against parents that dare to question the authority of the school board. It's an amazing, fast, hard despotism. It's not soft despotism anymore. Right. No, that's right. Two, two quick things on that, number, that, that that come to my mind in response to that. Number one is Terry McAuliffe saying in, that, mm-hmm. in the debate last week with yep. the Youngkin, the ring for governor in, in Virginia, saying, you know, parents uh, have no right yep. to basically kibitz, uh, if you will, on their their child. Yeah, they are. They are not for. They are not in charge of yeah. their children's education. That's what Terry McAuliffe said, former head of the DNC. Yeah, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. right. And the other thing is, I think of of uh, uh, mainland China, mm-hmm. and it's uh, you know that that huge conglomerate, that massive nation state, and the people uh, of the Chinese Communist Party. So you have uh, roughly about one point one, one point two billion, roughly estimated, of the entire Chinese population, but. Um, the the people that run the country receive all the benefits, receive the blessings of of their middle, new middle class economy, which by the way is collapsing. But is that our member? You have to be a member of the Chinese Communist Party. Mm-hmm. So 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 you have to be an insider. If you're not an insider, uh, if you're outside, you will be disadvantaged. You will be discriminated against, and that's what we are seeing the creation of here. Whether it's uh, vax mandates, vax passports. Uh, whether it's, uh, you approve of the, the the CRT stuff, if you if you want to go even crazier on Facebook and big tech media censorship, yeah, you're an insider. But boy, you get you 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 If you're Kirsten Sinema and you and you basically vote uh, a, a Democrat ticket, uh, the the mainstream Democrat stuff, but then you you say, but this is just a bridge too far. We're going to harass you. We're going to watch you in the in the toilet, so we can harass you and harangue you. Um, gulags are next. You're going to, and and uh, I'm just telling you, it's happened so quick, Seth. It's no, happened. I can see it. I mean, I I can see it really uh, how this thing takes place. Companies fire people for not complying with mandates from the federal government. Schools will start telling students they can't any longer show up. They can no longer. They, yeah. they will no longer be. They're already be doing welcomed. that. They are already doing it, and but, certainly a lot of private ones are. But we can do things about this, and you are. You have spawned, You have introduced the Freedom from Mandate Act, which goes after one of these angles. You want to say something about that? Yeah, we're doing t- that. It's meant to attack two things. Yeah. Number one, uh, it prevents the, the the Labor Department from in, uh, basically uh, creating and enacting a rule uh, through OSHA with regard to masks, which is exactly how. Biden said he wanted to do it. Well, we prevent that in, in the bill. And the second thing is uh, we, we we prevent the, the Biden from doing the other thing he wants to do, which means that a doctor, medical care provider cannot receive or participate in Medicare or Social Security or Medicaid, Medicare or Medicaid unless that doctor uh, enforces a vax mandate. That, I mean, those two things in and of themselves are horrible. And, and we're also trying to attack the... Uh, the 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 military mandate on vaccines as well. So there's there's a lot going on there. Andy, uh, there is a lot. This is the thing. This is the problem with the crisis industrial complex we live in. There is a lot going on there. That's just one thing. 
maybe we could call it the First Amendment. We have another thing called sovereignty, and we have this border problem. I know you know it better than anyone. The only times I've been to the border have been with you. What 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 do we need to know about the border that the media isn't covering right now? Well, first thing is that the Biden administration owns this, and this is exactly what they wanted. This is intentional, by the way. This is intentional. Uh, second thing, there are a bunch of liars. I had a, a member of Congress last week say the border is sovereign and secure. That's a big honking lie. The other, the next thing you need to know is everybody's focusing on the the mass of Haitians that were here and that the 60,000 plus coming, guess what? Every day, just about 10,000 illegal aliens are crossing our border every day. So, yeah, we see 60,000 coming. Well, in less than a week, we will have that many uh, illegal aliens who've, who've, who uh, will have crossed into our border, and more and more of them are unaccompanied minors. Uh, you know, the, you got, you've got uh, things down in, in the Tucson sector. I want to say the number was was something like 130 just found uh, in Tucson sector this week. Uh, You know, uh, you're seeing human smuggling, sex trafficking. You're seeing drug trafficking. All of this is going on, and all this is by design, and and, uh, you could stop this, but this administration refuses to. And there's so much we could get into with this. Um, You know, I probably spend an inordinate amount of time uh, researching work on the border because I do think if you're going to see, uh, besides the policies that Biden's put in place, you're going to see that this mass migration into this country of illegal uh, aliens is going to change the very trajectory of who we are as an American people and the direction that we're going to go. And and quite frankly, they want to erase where we've been as well. So all of that gets wrapped up in there with the border crisis, in my opinion. Andy, by the way, just quickly, uh, you used the phrase illegal alien. That's the phrase I've been using, the phrase I've uh, understood from the U.S. Code. Do you ever get pushback in Washington for using that phrase? Uh, I have once or twice, but uh, uh, I I will then quote from the statute. Good. Okay, title. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They also kind of know not to mess with Andy, right? That's something I learned a long time ago. (laughs) Andy, <laughs> they'll stop it. I meant what I said. If you didn't exist, we'd have to invent you. Thank you for being there. Thank you for being here, Thank sir. You're too kind. Thank you so no, much. No, I'm Seth. not. Appreciate God it. bless you and Godspeed. Andy Biggs. I'm Seth Leibson. What are we going to do about it? I have an idea. Scott Moosey from the Arizona Free Enterprise Club has an idea and a plan. We'll be right back. Back to the Seth Leibson Show, one of the great citizen activist groups in Arizona, one of the organizations that keeps Arizona uh, uh, head above water in the ocean of common sense is the Arizona Free Enterprise Club, azfree.org, Free. Their president and executive director is Scott Moosey, and he is here with us in studio today because the Arizona Free Enterprise Club has this thought that, you know, talking is great, but action is the answer. Action is key. And when it comes to election reform, you guys are really stepping up in a big way, Scott. Thanks for doing it. Thanks for being here. Tell us, uh, well, first tell us a little bit about the Free Enterprise Club and then Tell us about what you guys are doing on election integrity and election reform. Yeah, thank you, Seth, for having yeah. me on the program here. Of course. Yeah, uh, the Free Enterprise Club, we've been active for years in Arizona fighting for free market pro-growth st- policy in the state, but also policy that helps to make sure that, um, you know, that uh, we continue to move in a conservative 
um, limited government direction. And uh, one of the main planks on that, and one that's been for us for several years, has been election integrity. Um, it became a to- hot topic, one at the f- top of people's minds after 2020, but it's been an issue for years um, here in Arizona, making sure that we had elections you can you can trust. And one of the um, concerns and issues we've been dealing with, especially after the 2020 election, is the lack of confidence or crisis in confidence in our election and what do we do about it. Um, and so it's it's been something we've been working on and um, looking to address key um, problems and looking for key reforms to address those issues. Um, and this last legislative session, we made some steps in that direction. Um, and then also we've moved forward in the areas that we couldn't address legislatively. We're going to look to take it to the ballot to fix additional problems with our election system. This is a, a tremendous undertaking. So you guys are sponsoring a voter initiative. The Arizona, It's the Arizona Voter ID Act. Is that what you're calling it? Yeah, Arizonans for Voter ID. There it is. Arizonans for Voter ID. Tell us about what the Arizonans for Voter ID Act or initiative will do. Well, when you talk about you know key planks of a secure election, which I think every voter cares about, um, one of the most important aspects is to make sure that the when somebody shows up to vote, they are who they say they are. And the only way to accomplish that goal is to require universal voter ID so that no matter where you vote or how you vote, you'll be required to provide ID when you vote. And under this uh, initiative, under the Arizonans for Voter ID Act, um, uh, the initiative itself will enhance our existing photo ID requirements. Um, it'll also establish ID requirements for early voting, which currently don't exist um, for, ba- uh, for ballots. And it'll help crack down on you know, issues such as ballot trafficking and other problems with our election system. And so um, it was a legis- this was legislation that we worked on this past session. Unfortunately, we were able to not pass it at the legislature. And so we decided that this was too important of an issue and that we're going to take it to the voters and give them an opportunity to vote on it uh, next come November. Now, when we talk about voter ID with mail-in balloting, how does how would how would that work? We we uh, what what are the physics of that? Well, the, how this would work is what you would do is when you vote. Currently, you're only required to put a signature down when you vote, which uh, has which been might match something you've signed 10, 15 years. Yes, ago and is and has been something that we have harped on as an organization has been inadequate yeah. for verification for elections for a variety of reasons. Um, there isn't anything that you're doing when you, uh, when you, whether you go to the bank or anything else, where they just allow you to do a signature. They either provide ID, or if you're doing things remotely, right. there's always some sort of objective identified um, identification that they use. Um, and in this case, that's what you would be required to provide when you cast an early ballot. Um, you'd be required to, re- required to provide objective identification, either the last four digits of your social security number, your driver's license number um, when you vote. You'd also be required to include your date of birth. Mm-hmm. So you'd have three different identifications included with that early ballot when you vote. Now, do we have any concerns whatsoever in turning over that kind of information? Uh, under the under the initiative, um, we're going to do what's been done with other types of voting in other states where there's actually going to be a, a, con, a concealed envelope. Uh-huh. So all that information would be concealed when you vote. So none of that would be on the envelope or seen when you do vote. It'd be included in there, um, but concealed from, from view from anybody that wanted to take a look at it. So that information will be secure when you do vote. Um, and it wouldn't be unusual because currently um, other states have implemented this. In fact, um, you know, earlier this year when Joe Biden was running around saying Georgia was passing, yeah. you know, you know, Jim Crow on steroids. Yeah. This was one of the reforms that they looked to do in Georgia. 
Texas looked to do something similar. Other states have already enacted similar um, requirements such as this. So um, it's not unusual. It's been done in other states. And so we just want to bring it here to Arizona. I'm glad you are. Now, tell uh, the audience, if you don't mind, Scott, just a little bit about the process and the stage it's in. So I've I've only ever worked on no no campaigns. This is one conservatives want to say yes to. But it starts with the signature collections, right? Yes. Last month, uh, about mid-September, we started the process of gathering signatures for this. Um, Under Arizona, uh, the Arizona Constitution, we're required to gather nearly 240,000 signatures. So this is a big undertaking. Right now, it is a 100% volunteer effort. Um, So if anybody's interested in helping out with this effort, either signing a petition or helping to gather signatures, you can visit um, Arizona's uh, VoterIDAZ.com, and you can find out more information there. But um, our goal is to collect all the signatures um, with a cushion um, by July 4th. Uh, that's when they're due, right after uh, Independence Day, um, and put this on the November 2022 ballot. Fantastic. So when people say, what can I do, how can I help, go to the Arizona Free Enterprise Club and volunteer and help get this initiative passed. Yes. You can visit our website, azfree.org, um, as well, if you want to get more information on this and want to help join this effort in, in making sure that we have universal voter ID requirements in Arizona. Scott, you and I have been part of many different but lots of campaigns. Um, This sounds like one that is going to be fun to be involved in because anticipating the arguments against it seems like it'll be just uh, a delight to do. Yeah, This is an issue that is widely supported by by across party lines, across ideology, across demographics, Um, no matter who you ask. Um, uh, people support requiring ID when they vote. Mm-hmm. Um, support. We, there was a poll done back in April showing that over 80% of voters support voter ID when voting. Um, and again, that was a number that was supported by large margins by Republicans, Democrats, Independents, um, African Americans, Hispanics. Um, didn't matter who you asked. Everyone supported the idea of universal voter ID and the idea that somehow this is Jim Crow or is suppressing the vote. That just doesn't pass the smell test with voters. They don't understand why this isn't the case already. Um, It seems like a common sense reform. It's unfortunate that there's so much resistance to doing it. But that is why we are going out. We're going to collect the signatures and we're going to put it on the ballot next year. Will you stay close as we go through this? And uh, I'm happy to help promote this any way I can. But keep us updated because I think this is the kind of reform that, you know, you guys were meant to do and Arizonans were meant to, meant to uh, pass. Will you stay close with us? Yeah, absolutely, Seth. Thank right. you for having me on. And again, people can go to azfree.org just to start, right? Arizona Free Enterprise Club. And if they want specifically information on this ballot initiative. Uh, VoterIDAZ.com. And they can get there from azfree.org as well, right? That's correct. Yeah. Scott Missy, thank you very much. Thank you. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, 602-508-0960. Tom is in Phoenix. Hello, Tom. Hello, how are you, I'm well, sir. How are you? All right, buddy. Uh, Just a couple couple things to try to get you one other time. Here's here's my point. You know, the the, the housing market's going crazy in Phoenix, and a lot of us that have been here for some while are going to make some money when we sell our houses. Um, 200,000, maybe three, it depends where you are. Here's my point. Uh, that money, we've got to decide what's going to happen with that money. Is it going to go to Biden on taxes? Are they going to take that, or is that money going to be for our kids? 
Are, are, I, I didn't know if you were asking me rhetorically or asking me specifically. I apologize. Uh, uh, well, 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 well some specifically, what I'm okay. trying to say is that people have to watch who they vote for yes, of and what these, ta- what these tax programs go. That's right. And, and, and the fact that uh, uh, a lot of us have you know, been here for a, a, a bit and, and, and have, you know, have houses that, that are going to grow up on anywhere, any, any of the money. We don't want the money that we've that we've saved and and we're going to get no from of course of course different transactions it shouldn't be going but people don't don't see that because they oh it's going to happen 10 years from now we'll get it paid off your kids aren't going to get the money that you possibly got planned for them well there's a lot here that tom you're you're right to raise the flag on this you're right to uh uh to p- put a flag on this play because everything about the conversation over the president's tax and spending plan $3.5 trillion plan plus another trillion and a half with infrastructure. Everything about this, this is reversing Trump tax cuts. And the funny thing is they keep telling us it's not going to cost anyone anything. But I remember very well, and the Congressional Budget Office has scored this. I remember very well. That with the Trump tax cuts, most Americans, well over 85 percent, got more money in their pocket, got a tax cut. Nancy Pelosi called them crumbs, you may recall. Well, there may be crumbs to her. But thirteen, fifteen, two hundred, two thousand dollars it's not crumbs to everyone. It's not crumbs to everyone. And when they're talking about taxes on only those making $400,000 or more. They're talking about a lot of small and medium-sized businesses that use the tax code as pass-through purposes. These are small, smaller employers. And they're going to also increase the corporate tax rate for those that don't do that. Higher than China's. Higher than China's. Now, who is that going to affect, Tom? Who is that going to cost something of? Is it going to actually satisfy Warren Buffett because of the way he has complained about the tax code? Is it going to harm him? Or is it going to harm the guy who's making sixty, seventy, eighty thousand $80,000 a year working for a business that can no longer afford to employ him or her? And what of that $1,500 he was used to seeing as a break on his taxes over the last several years? They are lying to you. They are lying to you when they say this won't cost anything. They are lying to you when it says it will only affect people making over $400,000. And, of course, that's why I asked you about whether you were asking me a rhetorical question or not, because you have put your finger on the economic question every society has to ask itself. Do we exist for the government, or does the government exist for us? It's the principle... Economic, in fact, it's the principal social and moral question every society has to ask itself. But on the economy alone, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, Tom. You see, the thing about these economic questions and these tax and spend policies is the debate becomes literally and strictly political. It's what do I mean by that? I don't mean those who support supply-side economics versus demand-side. I mean, think about the conversation over the $3.5 trillion plan for the last two weeks. 
How much of that conversation has focused or centered on how it affects an individual in the United States? Zero. The conversation is exclusively about how it affects the Democratic Party. That's what it's about. It's about whether the party can get two more Democrats on its side who are within their caucus. That's the entirety of the discussion. And there is no discussion about how it affects you, Chris, or me. Or anyone else within earshot of this show. There's no discussion about that. This is the problem with Washington, D.C. This is the problem with journalism. And quite frankly, it's been a large problem with tax hikes in the first place for far too long. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Chris, can you do me a favor? Say, make sure your voice is heard and you can vote. Say it. I want people to know who you are. What do you want me to do? Uh, say portions of this yeah, portions show are... portions of this show may be pre-recorded. Now you know why I call him the vice president of all things important. A little so, bit over here, a yeah, bit over there. Yeah, and now we're right here. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Mike is in Maricopa. Hi, Mike. Yes, Seth. Good afternoon. I'd like to speak about the FBI, the Federal brother the fraternal brotherhood of incineration <laughs> i like to talk about a, a long history a long time ago we had ruby ridge with uh, randy weaver and his family uh, after they got done shooting his family out from underneath him the federal government paid him and his surviving family members 3.1 million dollars Soon after that, we had Waco, Texas, because they were supposedly abusing children. Then we, more recently, we have the Olympic female gymnast, and those were ignored because a doctor was supposedly abusing children. You know, I've seen firsthand the FBI was there. Don't don't forget the other Olympic scandal. Don't forget the other Olympic scandal with that. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, In this this court that I had seen down here in Phoenix, the ATF was lying in court, the FBI was there, and they said absolutely nothing. Maybe a a indicator of how poorly the badge of the Fraternal Brotherhood of Incineration's badge is, I was in the dollar store the other day, I think it was Dollar General, and I was going through the books, and just by chance, I saw a book by James Comey, it was called A Higher Loyalty, and inside the dust cover it said the book was on sale for $29.99. Oh, they marked it down to retail, did they? Okay. (laughs) All right. They marked it down to $1. Oh, 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 I see. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... So we still got President Trump, the Steele dossier, their badges tarnished. Now we have the DEA agent killed down in Tucson on the Amtrak train. The FBI has taken over the investigation. That sounds a little fishy to me. Now they're going to send out the FBI to investigate parents to speak out at school board meetings. You know, it's time that the FBI needs to be abolished. They are just a cleanup crew. And over to you, Seth. Oh, well, thank, thanks for the call, and, and, and thank you for putting it that way, um, Mike. I, 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 I got to tell you, you know, um, one of the things I, um, I am so uncomfortable about and uneasy with is the fact that I've known a lot of law enforcement over the years, 
and a lot of them are such good, dedicated people. I mean, they're the best Americans you would ever want to have in this country. And I, I you know, and, and I suffer with them through their leadership. I suffer through them in the leadership. We actually might make an analogy with a lot of the FBI and a lot of the problems we see in our military and the officer class. You know, so many good and committed and decent people sign up to wear the uniform or the three-piece suit, depending on what your uniform is, military, FBI, you name it, to keep us safe and to do good work and to enforce the law. It's their leadership. It's the top-down that is the problem. And it's increasingly frustrating because you're, you're right in citing so many of the examples you did, and we can give you more. We can do a hell of a lot more. We didn't even talk about anthrax yet. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, suffer with, I suffer emotionally and mentally and philosophically with the jobs they're asked to do and who's asking them to do it and the quality and commitment of their leadership, of their leadership. And I'm hoping that when people go to vote next time for the president, they're thinking about all of this. I really hope they are. You know, it took conservatives a lot of years to get people to think about, well, the president is important because of the courts and how important the courts are. And there is a difference between a usually there can be a great difference between, you know, a judge who's appointed by a Democrat and a judge who's appointed by a Republican. And I think we see a lot of the same kinds of things, even even in domestic law enforcement. And I see it in beyond the FBI. I see it with state and local authorities, too. How many police chiefs resigned over the last year? I think the number is 30. I think the number is 30. Police chiefs resigned last year because they were not supported by their mayor during the uprisings when they wanted to do the right thing. The worst thing that can happen to law enforcement is it being politicized. And boy, has it been. Boy, has it been. I don't know that abolition is the answer because something will take its place, right? We need to have some kind of law enforcement and some kind of investigation units. And, you know, so I I don't know that the simple abolishment of it is the issue. I think it's about personnel. Because personnel is what creates policy. Hal is in surprise on a similar point. Hi, Hal. Hello, Seth. Hey, uh, yeah, if we abolish it, we're going to get something worse with our current ruling class. And, uh, you know, the, the leadership, uh, you know, of, our, of these organizations reflects the ruling class. The rank and file hopefully still reflects America. And so you have a buffer there between... The, uh, you know, between people like Merrick Garland, who thinks that the FBI should investigate people for objecting to his politics and um, and uh, the leadership uh, and probably in the in these current organizations. And uh, so I really, you know, I, I wanted to comment on this, you know, this uh, school board uh, issue that we have. And, uh, you know, we, we've seen what what uh, the what is it, the uh, the national organization, the national School Board Association thinks mm-hmm. about parents objecting. Yeah, 
And this this is this is a, an organization that I assume many school boards are members of. Mm-hmm. So I think what parents need to do is is, the, is take a look at their school board as a member of this organization who thinks that the federal government should investigate anybody who questions whatever policy happens to be in vogue at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, because there's there's more stuff coming down the pike, we don't know what they're going to come up with next. Nope, it's this all. But we are surprised daily. Yep, we are going to get right, whiplash. Right. Yeah. Right. So if, so if a person who doesn't object to what's happening now may want to maintain the ability to petition their local government without fear of the federal government dropping the hammer on them. And so what I would what I would suggest to parents is find out if your local school board belongs to this organization. And if they do, begin to petition them to remove themselves from this organization. And if they don't do that, remove your children from the from the grasp please. of these people. Please, oh yes, please. I mean, immediately. Yes, because this please. is totalitarian. And by they the deny- way, you know, do do all that and run for school board because if we controlled the school boards, then Merrick Garland's memo would be about the left. Right. Correct. Think about that. Correct. Think about that. Let's take them over. Let's take them over. Thank you, Hal. Bless you, sir. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Where am I going to next? Susan in Scottsdale. Hello, Susan. Hi, Seth. Thanks for taking my call, and I want to thank you. You hit it out of the ballpark today. Oh, this thank you. Yeah, I didn't show. realize I was doing very well, but thank you. Okay. Oh, you ever I'm have those days it. you're just not sure? I, I don't know what causes it, diet or something, exercise. I don't know. I wasn't sure. Well, you did it. All right, you thanks. All right. I, want, I could speak on any one of the things, but what I want to bring up is in the two-plus trillion dollar bill uh they're taking the step up out for property when you die it doesn't go up to the value now it's going to go back to the original price they're raising the death tax and the heirs will get nothing they want the equity and all the property in in america and this is outrageous the people who will get hurt the most are the farms and ranches because their heirs won't be able to pay the tax on their property and we'll lose the property. Then the second thing they're doing is they want all the zoning in Washington, D.C. They want it out of the state. And so this is an absolute takeover of our country. Call our state senators and tell them that they represent our state of Arizona, and we are in an agricultural state, and they need to vote no on this. Everybody needs to do that. Susan, thank you. You're welcome. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. Do we have time to work in this real quick? Jeff from Surprise. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Seth. Thank you. You bet. I just, uh, of course, I'm real concerned about what's going on, and I'm thinking, how do you go about attacking this? And, yeah. and uh, so, I, you know, the Constitutional Convention is uh, one approach, but that could take a while. What can the Yeah, I don't think we have time for it. I honest to gosh, I don't think we have enough time to put that one together to save this country and this con- this constitution in this country. No, I, I I think we have to engage in serious litigation strategies from states attorneys general. Uh Mark Burnovich has uh been pretty active in suing the federal government and trying to stop some of this. I think that's one. I think we have to obviously retake the Congress and the Senate in a big way so that we can s- pass some legislation to stop these kinds of orders, and to hold hearings, and yes, yes, impeachment hearings included. High crimes and misdemeanors. If it's a high crime and misdemeanor to call an ally while discussing issues of foreign aid, then you bet it's a high crime 
and misdemeanor to tank, to tank 20 years of a war in Afghanistan, to lie to the American people about the exit strategy, to lie to the American people about what the generals on the ground and the generals with the expertise told him. For those generals to be breaking civilian control of the military and chain of command and operating without any oversight and talking to our enemies, not our allies. I think if we can hold impeachment hearings over talking to our allies, we should have impeachment hearings for those who treat the Constitution as our enemy and our enemies as our allies. We can't do it in the minority position. We have to have the majority. That's everything we need to be working for right now. The Hallman's coming right up. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.